You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. Joining me here at uh, the King Power Stadium today is James the Sharp End Sharp. Hi, and uh, we've just sat through Claude Pearl's pre-match press conference for the trip to Newcastle on Saturday. And the big news that we were all waiting for was the severity of Damari Gray's injury. For those who haven't seen it yet, it was a, quite a sickening sight. Damari catching his studs in the turf as he tracked back to defend. Um, deep into well it was in added time and uh, City had to defend a late corner he was stretched off in agony with oxygen we all feared that he might have something really serious a break or that bad ligament damage but there was some good news James yeah it was Um, Gray had had Instagrammed over the overnight that he wasn't as bad as he first thought and he should be back in no time well Claude Gabbard's a bit more definite time today he said that Gray will be out for between three to six weeks, three weeks minimum, and then from then it would depend on how quickly it comes back. But you give a, a three to six week um, gap for, for Gray's injury. So it's, it's not as bad as we thought it could be, but it's still a relatively extended period on the sidelines. And especially as, and as we said to him in there as well, the timing couldn't have been worse for, for uh, Damari because, uh, well, it's never a good time to get no. injured, but um, he's just got in the England squad, was hoping for his first cap. And uh, now he's going to have to sit out the next round of uh, of internationals and possibly this, the ones in November as well against the USA. So, you know, it might uh, derail his uh, England um, credibility. Well, his chances really. Yeah, because when you're not, if you're not there, and you're not playing. That's other people that can get a chance to impress when you're sat on the sidelines and not doing. So, it was it was just at a point where I think Leicester fans, especially, were hoping that this was going to be a bit of a not a breakthrough year because he's been in the first team for a while now but a, a season in which he turned the corner because we've always said about Gray he's got all the all the talent all the skill all the tools in their toolbox but that end product um, has sometimes been lacking and also in previous years you, you you would probably argue and I think he said it himself his attitude's not always been great whereas I mean, I spoke to him earlier this, this season he said oh, I feel like I've matured as both a player and also as a person so I feel like I want this to be my season where I really kick on. I think that was the hope for him. This is going to put him back a little bit. Yeah, but hopefully not too long. And uh, as Mark Albrighton said, sometimes you know these injuries come along and you come back from stronger than you were before, certainly mentally, uh, if you can deal with it. But uh, it's not as bad as it first feared, so that's great news. But there's no other injuries. Well, Matty James. Matty James. Still still, still, yeah, he's still injured with his um, Achilles. He, uh, he had a surgery on it on his Achilles over the summer coming back from that there's been a little bit of a minor setback he's had a little bit of another minor surgery on that and it just kind of extends the comeback process but if we're talking about people being mentally strong then Matty James is certainly someone to talk to in that regard absolutely let's talk about team news then uh, for head of Newcastle he made eight changes for the Caribou Cup win at uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers um, any of those lads likely to keep their place in the side um, I don't know what well, all Brighton Potentially because of the whole Gray situation and 
how Claude wants to set up his team. He's already said he's, he, he's not made his decision yet, but you'd say all right, he might have more of a chance now with Gray on the sidelines. I thought Ibora played really well on uh, against Wolves. His, pass, his range of passing is excellent, and when Claude Puel wants, as he said in his press conference today, wants his players to pass the ball forwards and move it forwards, Ibora does that probably as well as anyone in this Leicester squad, um, maybe Madison aside. But he's kind of been held back. Um, obviously, he had the birth, birth of his child um, recently, and also the renaissance of Papi Mendy hasn't helped him. But he reminded everyone that he, he can be a bit of a class act in the middle of the park. Adrian Silva less so, and we, neither of us were really impressed by his performance. So I think they're probably the two who might well come back in. Fuchs played pretty well, but I think Chilwell... Yeah, I think he's looking in a different direction, isn't he, yeah, at back now. Chilwell's the man there. Pereira, again, did what Pereira's done so far this season, which has been excellent going forward, but defensively still a little bit shaky. I think it would be harsh on Daniel Amate if he lost his place. I thought he played well against Huddersfield. So, if there's going to be two... All Brighton and possibly Ibora, but I can't see there being too much. Well, who do you think is going to play alongside Harry Maguire? Harry Maguire is a shoo-in to come back in on the left-hand side of the defence, but it's then a straight choice between um, Johnny Evans and Wes Morgan. Now, Wes Morgan <laughs> obviously served a suspension yeah. against Huddersfield, which uh, allowed Johnny to get, come in, and he, I thought he did quite well. Yeah. Certainly, uh, he grew into the game. Had a decent game as well at Wolves. Um done enough to keep his place hasn't he um, I think he has but if you ask me what I think Claude will do then I mean, it's always difficult to guess I can guess what Claude's going to do but I I don't know Wes was to- uh, I have a sneaky feeling that he might bring Wes back I don't think he should I think he should play with Evans and Maguire because I think there's more of a future in that I think Evans has needed a few games to get up to speed but he is getting there and I think him and Maguire could well form quite a handy partnership. So, if it were me, I'd stick with Evans. But part of me still thinks that he might go with Wes. Well, uh, the other option is uh, Sion Su, but yeah. uh, we know he's not going to be featuring anytime soon because he can't speak English. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we we all thought he was going to be playing against Wolves in the Carabao Cup. We saw the team sheet, and he was on the bench. So, asked Puel afterwards why he wasn't playing, and. Claude surprised me with his answer actually when he said well he's having a problem communicating with his teammates because he's he doesn't speak much English now Leicester are putting him through lessons Leicester do that with a lot of their foreign players they can put them through lessons usually at Devonford Uni um, to get to grips with the language now when I was writing this story yesterday I had a quick look on on the internet and apparently Solinger had this same problem when he joined Freiburg he struggled with learning German and it took him a while to settle but eventually he got there he got to grips with it all and he was great and I think the thought is that will happen here the issue is of course that it's centre back it's all about your partnership isn't it it's all about it's communication yeah it's like being a goalkeeper as well isn't it a lot of part of the game is uh, is communicating with the people around you I don't think it's such a big problem if you're a winger or a a forward. I mean, they talk about. They always used to talk about. Oh, the language of football. Yeah. It's a universal language. They they all on the same wavelength. But it, there has to be some uh, communication, especially when you're in centre back and you have got Maguire next to you, and, and Maguire, got- Maguire saying, "Come, come to me, or take him, or yeah. I'll cover him. You go there." Yeah. It, 
Sawing you can't just look at him blankly and say, sorry, what was that again? <laughs> He's got to know, hasn't he? So I think uh, fans want to see him play. I can see why fans are impatient. They've spent 19 million quid on this bloke and they want to see him. But I think Paul's probably right to take time to do it and make sure he's there. He said he's not far away, but it's just a little bit longer. Yeah, and well, one player that will definitely be coming back in, Casper uh, Schmeichel. He didn't win the FIFA Best Goalkeeper Award, yep. but in the eyes of Claude Puel, he is the best in the world. Yeah, he did, didn't he? I, I, had, to, I had to listen back and check that he had actually said that when he said that he thought... Casper probably should have won FIFA Best Goalkeeper of the Year award. Yeah, said he deserved it, didn't he? Yeah. It would be a good reward. I mean, yeah, of course, Paul's going to say that. It's nice. It's nice to hear him say it, and it's a good. It's a good line. It's nice to hear the manager back his players. Um, I think he's wrong. That's not to say Casper's not a very good goalkeeper, but I don't think he's. I the think best. he's getting into that bracket now, though, isn't yeah. he? I think, yeah, I think he is, especially after his World Cup. But in last season, I think probably by Casper's own admission, wasn't his best especially when you compare it to the standard he set in the title winning season. So he had a bit of an off one last season, but at the World Cup he was excellent, and I think that was why he got nominated for FIFA Best Goalkeeper, because um, it was he set a new record for cl- minutes of clean sheets for Denmark, um, saved those penalties in the penalty shootout, even though they lost to Croatia. So he's performed well in the World Cup, and I think he is getting... In towards that upper echelon of, of goalkeepers. When you look at the Premier League, I would you'd put Casper in your top four or five goalkeepers in the Premier League. So I think he's getting there. I think Claude's pushing it a little bit to say that he's probably should have won, but he's getting there. Yeah, right. Well, let's um, look ahead to the game as well. And there was a few issues around. There was questions around travel. Yeah. And now this has been a, a topic that's come up a couple of times in the, in recent weeks after the Bournemouth uh, trip. Yeah. There were suggestions um, by a national media corporation that suggested the Leicester players were unhappy about having to go down on the coach, yeah. which, which uh, Harry Maguire um, emphatically denied. Yeah. Uh, and then they got caught in traffic going to Wolverhampton, <laughs> just a short trip to Wolverhampton the other night. They arrived just an hour before kick-off. They've had a few few, um, few problems on the yeah, road. Yeah, they have. Well, you spoke to Albright, didn't you, afterwards? He said, well... He quite liked it. It was like the old school, wasn't it? Yeah. Just get off the, you know, get off the bus, get your kit on, and get out and play. Yeah, he said he even laughed. He would like to get changed in his car. Sunday league. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they've not been blessed with good fortune when it comes to travelling. I mean, this is one of those. It's one of those stories that isn't really a story, but because it's quite weird, it becomes a story. And well, it almost was a, a bigger story because we thought we misheard Claude when he was asked this question. His <laughs> response. We initially thought his well, response said, was... Because he, he was asked where you're going to go, how are you going to get there, and he, he joked and said, or are they going to walk? Or what I thought he said was, go via seagulls. seagulls. <laughs> I, was, I, I was quite... A Cantona moment. Yeah, exactly, but no, he didn't. He said cycle, didn't he? Yeah. Which we should have known, because Claude yeah. loves his bicycles. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, they're going to fly. He's, he, he said, we'll probably fly there. Um, but he said, look, he said, look, it's not really a big issue. We mm. go on the bus, this is, we relate to wolves, and we still won... If we if we fly, it's not a big issue. There's no that shouldn't have any impact really on how they play in Newcastle. Um, but no, it's quite an amusing town. Well, it's something a little bit different, something out of the ordinary. Uh, something less jovial though is the atmosphere that we sometimes experience when we go to Newcastle. The natives are revolting, aren't they, uh, James? They are. Yes. They don't like the owner, and they haven't liked the owner. And I remember going up a few years ago. 
I think you were with me. It's when Pardew was When Alan Pardew was manager, and it was nil-nil, nothing in the game, half-time, and one fan raced at the half-time whistle, down the steps, past the press bench, and hurled the most unbelievable abuse at Pardew. I won't repeat. He called him a silver-haired something, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, And, uh, yeah, told him where to go, uh, sort of. And, um, yeah, I I couldn't believe it. It was... But they, every and time they won in the end, didn't they? Yeah, they won 1-0 and they went on a run of 10 without defeat, I think. But there always seems to be that little bit of atmosphere where they can quickly turn. And if City start well, which they haven't done yeah. much of this season in the league, you get the feeling they could just turn the atmosphere in their favour. Yeah, but it does actually. And that is probably one of the even bigger reasons why Leicester probably could do with starting quickly this, this, this game. They've struggled with it all season so far. But... Yeah, it does. It, it's odd, isn't it? Because Newcastle is such a hugely supported club, and even when they're in the Championship, they were getting what fifty odd thousand people. But they have the big issue with Mike Ashley, the owner, and the because the fans are all. Well, I think the fans are all on Benitez's side. Although I think a few phone-ins, a few people have been questioning that now. But it does feel a bit of a. It is on the edge. It is very. It teeters a lot between things being okay the things being falling off the cliff I think if Leicester can get on top of them early get an early goal or even maybe two goals the fans will t- the fans can turn and can and while 50 odd thousand people behind you roaring you on can be quite a good weapon in your armoury it's not a nice place to be if you've got that amount of people jeering you and telling you and booing you so I think Leicester could use that to their advantage well Newcastle is one of my personal favourite grounds to go to yeah. it's a big day out and uh, walk up the hill but there's all yeah and there's always a good, decent atmosphere I think a big game atmosphere but also there's always something going on isn't there there's some, some memorable moments I remember the game being delayed yeah. quite a considerable time because a large scream came free of its uh, moorings oh, yeah, I forgot about that game yeah, that, that, that game. was right up from where the Leicester fans sit because we're at, at, St James's Park from where we are in the, in the press bench just right behind the dugouts it's that stand up to your left where it's high up in the sky I mean I've got some, I mean, some of my Leicester City supporting um, friends I know a couple of them who don't go because it, it's they, it's too high up that they, they can suffer from vertigo at that height and you're looking down on basically it looks like ants on the pitch and it looks steep it's, as well yeah it's miles up there there's a big screen there, isn't there? It was, just flat, it was like flapping in the wind. Well, the game was, at one stage, they were considering even calling it off because of a big screen in the wind. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the other memorable moment for me was when Vardy went up there and scored oh, so yeah, equal, yeah. equal the record. He went on to break the record against United shortly after, but that was a, that was a memorable moment as well, wasn't it? So, yeah. hoping for a bit more of that, and hopefully Jamie Vardy will be involved in that. He's not been at his best so far this season. It's been a disrupted start to the campaign, but... He played on Tuesday night. We were a little bit surprised because he's so important to the team. We thought he was going to wrap him up in cotton wool, protect him for Newcastle, but um, hopefully he's getting back towards his, his best. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing that we, we discussed earlier in the week, whether he would wrap him up in cotton wool because he is so important to them or because he has missed so much football, whether he thought it's a good chance for him to get some game time. And he chose the latter. And again, showed that he's not quite back to the, the Vardy that we... That ruthless Vardy that we know. And Paul had said this, actually. He said it, um, I remember when he was, it was the last game of his suspension that he just served and I spoke to Paul after the game and said, oh, you must, you got Vardy back for the next game. It must be, it must be great, that must be great for you. And he said, yeah, it is. But you can't expect him to come back and he's raring to go, but you can't expect him to be that match sharp straight away because 
he's, he's not played that much games. He was late back from the World Cup, didn't have much pre-season. Um, only came off the bench against Man U, got sent off against Wolves, missed three games, not playing for England anymore, so he didn't get any international minutes. And so he's basically not been playing. So he, that's probably why he's not been as sharp as he has. He's missed quite a few chances. There was the one against Huddersfield where, I know he scored, but the one with the volley from the Madison's free kick that he put wide where Vardy would expect to score that. Um, but yeah, he'll, he'll start again and he'll get more, he'll get back into the rhythm of things and he'll be fine. I mean, a couple of those chances though were, this is um, this shows how far he's come. A couple of those chances were very difficult chances. Ball falling over the shoulder, um, taking it on the volley, blind efforts. But it's because he scored them before, exactly, isn't it? exactly. But because he's finished those before, we're expecting him to bury them every time, and they are very difficult chances. Yeah, like that, the one at West Brom is the is the famous one that maps today's goal of the season. Vardy himself said that. 90 times out of 100 he would shank that he would put that wide mm. but, he, but he happened to score that one because he was in such good form I think we now because we, we're so used to him being so ruthless in front of goal and he is one of the most clinical strikers in the Premier League I think we just expect it of him I think that's, it's probably unfair on our part so when he does start putting the odd one wide we think oh well, Vardy's, Vardy's not playing very well is he but it's because he sets such high standards and we've seen him do it over and over and over and over again we just expect it from him. Exactly, he's got a highlight reel, hasn't he? He has indeed, um, and hopefully add another one to it at St James's Park. Well, we've got all the uh, stories building up to the game on uh, on Saturday on Leicestershire Live website. Uh, I'll also have a live Q&A with fans if they want to ask me any questions on Friday, the day before yes. the game. And uh, you can follow all the action from St James's Park. James will be running a live blog throughout mm. the afternoon if you want to tune in to Leicestershire Live and uh, get uh, a little bit of flavour of what the atmosphere is like then. James will be telling you what the, whether the natives are revolting or not. So um, join us then. Thank you for listening.